A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Ollie Davis, now with a hat, and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Um, we are going to discuss William Regal leaving AEW. This is breaking news. We were going to talk about the MJF segment from last night's episode of Dynamite, where MJF turned on William Regal. Just 10, 11 days after Regal sided with him at full gear, turned on John Moxley. Just five days, or not even that, four days after Triple H put a little tweet out being, oh, I miss you, William Regal. You're my bestest friend. Yeah, and then Dave Meltzer had reported that his contract was only a year long, so it would end in February of next year. Then corrected himself to be, it's actually three years. So we thought, okay, it turns out he won't be going anywhere there because he's under contract for three years. And now we have the latest from PW Insider. Yeah, so here is what PW Insider had to say. All signs are that William Regal, 54, will be World Wrestling Entertainment bound shortly. Shortly? That's not three years away, Luke. Although we have heard nothing official from the company, there have been rumblings within WWE of late about Regal returning in a backstage role. That would mean Regal would be exiting AEW, where it certainly appeared that he was written out of storylines last night on Dynamite, having been attacked by AEW champ MJF. Now, there's an interesting side note to this, is that Dave Meltzer was talking about this angle on Wrestling Observer Radio last night. And he did, you know, his usual Dave thing. I'm going to read you verbatim what Dave said, because I think... With the ears? All of what Dave said. Um, because in isolation, not all that interesting, but coupled with what Mike Johnson has just said, here's what Dave said. There's stuff that I can't say, but, you know, it's like, you know, whatever the three-year <laughs> contract is, there's something up here, okay? And it is certainly a possibility that he's going back. You know, I mean, you know, I'm not making that up. That is what he said. You know. You know. You know. Like, you know. 
This is uh, what Dave Meltzer has been saying since Sunday, because Saturday Triple H put out the tweet, oh, it isn't the same without someone going, and it was a montage of William Regal saying, War Games, on Twitter. And, you know, just a, just an innocent post. But then on Sunday, that's when Meltzer started to say, oh, yeah, I can't say anything, but there is a story here. We're like, it, it's, oh, not, okay. it's not a non-story, yeah. is the way that Meltzer put it. And it's very much become not a non-story, but a full-on story <laughs> now. This is, this is baffling. Yesterday, me and Tempest uploaded a video where we are talking about, do you think... William Regal will go to a to, to WWE because the story somewhat changed from William Regal has an out in his contract in February, April time because it's a one-year contract, but then Meltzer added, actually, it's three years. So that changed the story from, well, Regal could just leave to Regal has to actively ask for his release. Or is it that Meltzer was actually right in the first instance and it was just a misunderstanding he has a three-year deal with a one-year opt-out. But that's still February, April. That's so, still, and yeah. now it's November. Oh, and well, it, December. Shortly. That's only two months away or three months. As it started February, two months away. That is shortly. Well, if it's shortly. So that's just it's, awesome. It's your birthday, shortly. Hey, uh, you know, <laughs> let's talk about what happened on last night's episode of Dynamite because that plays into this and this whole MJF heel turn following full gear. I like that we're talking about. Yeah, MJF turned heel, the bastard. And he turned heel again last night. But some more this time. more heel. You know? MJF uh, did his big 17-minute-long, arguably too long, explanation promo of what he is doing as AEW World Champion. He sided with William Regal. Uh, William Regal took him under his wing to become the ultimate villain. That's why Regal turned on the Blackpool Combat Club. And then at the end of the promo, Matt... I would argue he didn't turn on the Blackpool Combat Club. He just gave, he just made Max a villain. That is a very weird way of looking at what happened. Well, he definitely turned on Moxley. Wait, oh no, yes, he certainly turned on Moxley, but not the whole group. You know what would help this? Some clarification over the status of the Blackpool Combat Club. And the reason why I would say that he didn't turn on the, on the Combat Club is I don't think Claudio cares. And I, I don't think Wheeler Utah cares that much. So can you really turn on something that doesn't that yeah, doesn't care back? Um, the MJF then walks around the back of Regal and he's saying, "Hey, crowd, let's let's give it up for Regal. Show this man some respect." And it totally worked me because I was like, "Yeah, yeah, this he should get cheered." And then out of nowhere, it was all a misdirect because MJF used the brass knucks of all things, the very weapon Regal gave him to deck him in the back of the head, and Regal just sells it like death. And the commentators played this up so seriously. They went quiet. They were talking about Regal's history with concussions, his history with neck problems, his history with brain bleeds. And they were like, this is this is serious now. Even Taz, who at the start of mm. this segment was like, hey, you know, it's MJF. Like, you know, he does the things, but actually he's all great. And even Taz was like, gone too far like he's taking this too far tony shivani said the s word yeah with with AEW, i often feel like they don't give things like this enough time this was perfectly measured they even went to ad break came back it was still going on because brian danielson who he sees regal as a father figure was distraught and that, that's going to build what will likely be a max versus brian feud for revolution for revolution next year it adds a real personal blood feud element to that but then yeah danielson goes off in the moving medical facility to the local medical facility with Regal. So 
I did not see this coming me because neither. I, I, but me and Tempest, you can go back and watch the video from from Wednesday. We were like, oh yeah, but what will happen? There is so much mileage left in Regal and MJF that surely that's going to go on for at least a couple of months. Uh, we keep comparing it to CM Punk and Paul Heyman in terms of like two excellent promo people being put together actually makes an even better act. But I loved Max's justification for why he did it. And this for me, like, you know, I know some people thought that the segment went a bit too long. And I, I totally get it because it did go. It's a nice hat, by the way. It's a hot hat. <laughs> This is a heavy belt. We're really weighing ourselves down here. Um, I, I, I totally bought into everything that he was saying. But for me, like the perfect cherry on top of this was the reason he gave for why he did it, which is this all has been built around the email that Regal sent to him when he had his tryout for WWE, which is that the game has changed and WWE are, are bigger than you now and we're not looking for talent at your level but send me a tape when you think you're good enough. And that is what he said to him here. He was like, you're no longer on my level. Send me a tape when you think you're good enough. All of this is built around emails that Regal sent years and years and years ago for, for MJF. And MJF has just been holding on to that anger and he played William Regal and he used William Regal to get everything that he wanted. There's two sides of this, isn't there? There's the kayfabe side, which is what you're talking about. So the on-screen character motivation for these various twists and turns. And then there's the adjacent backstage happenings. And I want to discuss how these two influence each other. Mm -hmm. Because in kayfabe, according to Regal and MJF in the promos, last um, Regal sent MJF an email after the firm beat Max down. To my memory, that's three weeks before Full Gear. Correct. So this was only a master plan that was hatched that Regal decided to act upon three weeks out from the pay-per-view. I think that Regal has been having this in the back of his mind since their first interaction. With the promo segment then? Yeah. Yeah. But well, it, when they first brought up the email. Yeah. Like when, when Max first, they had that promo segment, that is probably where, in a kayfabe world, Regal was like, now I see what I was looking for in this guy, and he could be the villain that I think needs to be the villain that we need in this company. So Max really was turning babyface from a character perspective. He really was seeing the good side of morality. He I actually genuinely I, I came down to help that, Moxley. I still don't think that he was, because in that match, he went to use the diamond ring. I think he was always, he was going to uh, be playing us rather than also playing Regal as well. Up until the Regal email which would have been post the firm beatdown. I think beat even down. then, like, I think MJ <laughs> was doing all of those insincere babyface promos. And you kept saying it was like, it was really weird as a babyface mm. promo. And I was like, I think it's weird on purpose because it's not really a babyface promo. But it's a heel pretending to be a babyface. But Regal and Max wouldn't have worked that out. No, but that that's point. what I mean. So MJF has already had his plan that he's going to pretend that I'm the good guy, then knock Moxie out with the diamond ring. And then that is just coupled with Regal's plan that Regal's come mm. forward and be like, actually, I can make this even easier for you. Personally, I think that's a messy story. Um, but you, you, you get to full gear. Regal makes the turn. The explanation for why Regal betrayed Moxley was, well... I wanted to create the biggest villain. And in a way, he succeeded because then his creation then turned on him immediately, thus being a bigger villain. Yeah. I don't think that's a good motivation either. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I, I like the twists and the turns and the superficial high spots, but ultimately I think the motivation 
behind, you know, the master plan behind Regal turning on Mox and then MJF turning on Regal, I actually find quite unfulfilling. And AEW and definitely Max are usually a lot, lot better than that. So this is why I'm looking at all this other stuff that's happening and thinking, well, is this because the hand has been forced? Really, did AEW see three months minimum in this act, but then they had to rush it because Regal respectfully asked for his release to go back to WWE? And because it's Regal and he's a mensch, Tony Khan said, yes, you can do that. Or is Regal just going to be off TV for a while and then make his return at Revolution? The pay-per-view that he made his debut because it's going to be MJF Danielson, the main event of Revolution. Not going by the PW Insider report. Well, yeah, shortly. <laughs> shortly. <laughs> I did, you've already, you already wrote Regal off TV last week when, when Mox said to him, run. And I thought, okay, Regal's going to come back a few, at least a few weeks down the line to sell that and then come and turn on Mox. And that is then what finally writes off Mox from TV. Mox can finally have a vacation. But I feel like this term was rushed. I did like the term, but I feel like it was rushed. I, do you know what? It's Because it's, I'm quite easily pleased at times. <laughs> um, just ask my wife. And uh, I just the, it was Max's final lines when he read back the email. But from him to Regal. I was like, oh, actually, this has been a really good story. And I've really enjoyed it. But I do think that's also me. I'm just sometimes quite easily pleased. I noticed a detail and they did the detail. And I noticed that. And it made me feel like a smart fan. I think it's a nice bow at the uh, uh, like holding together what is quite a clumsy story. There's that final moment. But I, and, and I don't think you're wrong in that. The other uh, benefit of this promo I could see is that he did set up his next three challenges yeah. for the title because he said Ricky Starks. Ricky is going to be facing him at Winter is Coming. Eddie Kingston will probably be one of the January shows. And then you do Danielson at Revolution. So yeah. at least Max was smart enough here to be like, here are my next three challenges, by the way. One of which you already know. Here's the next two after that. I the more I look at this promo, this segment, the last few months, I always saw full gear as the bit where AEW like, okay, now we can we've tied up all the loose ends and now we can move forward. And I think they've been doing a great job with that on last week's Dynamite and here. Well, I wasn't expecting that they still had a bunch of loose ends to tie up and write Regal out as an on-screen character. We, that we think. That, that we think. We, bearing in mind as well, this is just a report from PW Insider. We don't know how much Regal is actually just going back to WWE. Although, according to them, WWE expect him back very, very soon. And like Meltz has been talking about it as well. When you get two people. Wrestling Observer and PW Insider yeah, yeah, I mean, saying, I don't think you're wrong. And Triple H is tweeting about it. <laughs> and Regal's just been obviously written off forever. Yeah. You know, you can kind of. You, you I don't can... think it's out of the. It feels like we've got all the puzzle pieces here. <laughs> yeah. It's just up to us to put them in the right place. Anyway, let us know what you guys think. Leave us some comments down below. With you, with are you unhappy that Regal has has gone? Do you think there was more mileage in the MJF AW stuff? With me and Tempest kept on saying, if Regal left after three months for WWE, work that into the story. Have MJF keep saying, well, I'm going to go over to WWE, join my man Regal. I, I thought that was he would probably still do that yeah. now at this point. Even though he just decked him in the back of the head. Yeah, I'm not going to go over there. I'm going to deck him again. Uh, and subscribe because there'll be plenty more stuff coming on, I imagine. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a one to keep an eye on. I think, I think if this does all uh, come to a head and this is it for Regal, I think the biggest missed opportunity here is not any of the MJF stuff. It's Blackpool Combat Club. Mm. 
Right, so let's get into your uh, your Omega chat. Sorry, that was sort of a breaking news. We just thrusted in there. I didn't Wait. even get to do a full-on setup for my hat. No, I know. You just like so. You said to me today, "Have you read my AEW Dynamite script yet?" And I said, "No, I haven't." And you went, "Don't," because I've got a bit that I want to do. And I, you know, when I had my title on my arm and then I look over and you're just sort of rummaging around and I was like, God, now's not the time. And then he, he sits back up and he's got this big purple hat on. And in my head, I'm like, bro, that's like a very serious <laughs> <laughs> subject here. And you just put on a wacky hat. I said to Pete, I said, and he's looking at me right now. I said, Pete, do you think I should wear the hat? Because we're now going to talk about Regal. And he went, mm. <laughs> nah, I'm going to wear the hat. <laughs> You can't stop me. I'm wearing a hat. I like this hat. Uh, yeah, if you didn't uh, pick up on what Luke just said, yeah, Luke does read my reviews before we come in here so he can uh, take the opposite stance on everything artificially. It's uh, because I care about you. And I care about... <laughs> Genuine always like, I just want to know what Ollie thought of the show. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
let's see what you guys think. Of course, wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Get your Omega chats in there. Subscribe, press the thumbs up button, leave a comment down below as well. We didn't went so hard into the regal stuff. We didn't really talk about the other bits. No, Noah Fortner says, this segment was ruined for me and my section because there was a little kid front row opposite the hard cam with a MJF eats poop sign and we were desperately trying... Sean Rossap just tweeted 13 minutes ago, I heard Regal's deal is up in December. There's a freebie since I'm sick. What? It's even Who more... signs <laughs> an, a nine-month deal? It's even more shortly. Well. <laughs> <laughs> you can grab that off the live stream feed. <laughs> Sorry, Pete is trying to make a, <laughs> a separate video out of what we did at the start. Don't press the record button again. <laughs> I'm not rereading the tweet, Pete. And we were desperately trying to get a chant going, especially when the belt was revealed with a looks like poop chant. Great show to be at live, but by far one of the most over things on the show was Dan the Dad appearing on AEW Duck. Mega over with this crowd. Oh. Of course, Dad, uh, Dan the Dad is an indie act. Very fun. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah, so Noah was at the show. Uh, you were not a good crowd, unfortunately. <laughs> or was it a case of not mics? So actually, that was the other thing to talk well, about. That, last last week's crowd were good. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Or you know, could it just be they were massively into the elite, weren't they? Mm. Well, not the elite, but you know what I mean. Um, that was the other thing actually that Meltzer talked about. This. Well, you mentioned this on the uh, when you were listening to Wrestling Observer Radio that they felt that it didn't get heat, mm. and I thought that was the reaction they were looking for which is silent worry. I feel like, and we'll, we'll go into the whole MJF promo segment later because there's there's loads more to talk about other than just the regal turn. Mm. But there they were talking about the bit that came, you know, the 16 minutes that came before the regal knockout blow. And you could, you could see MJF doing the cheap heat, like interrupting where he was to get the crowd engaged again. I think it was a bad crowd, unfortunately. Sorry, Noah, no offense. Matt Avery, X2. I was very worried when Regal turned, executed well, but didn't think the story they were telling warranted it. Maybe a story for respect, but not full-blown heel duo. I think Tony made this decision because fans wanted it, but had no true direction. Uh, what do you think? No, I think that this was, once they had that promo segment, that I think the plan was always that regal was going to turn on moxley 100 percent. like that was that was not him doing it because fans thought it was going to happen that was no fans only thought that was going to happen because tony khan had telegraphed that it was going to happen but what about this turn here this turn here well uh well if, if it is true and and regal's deal is up in december which is way more shortly than we thought in february then yeah maybe this was just a way we need to do it now Today's December. Yeah, maybe. Well, you I know, keep thinking it's November. In fairness, Sean has got COVID. Like he's he's feeling a bit unwell. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Pinch punch first of the month. Uh, it's after midday, so you've got lurgies. <laughs> Kid Phantom version three with the MJF segment calling out Brian specifically. I did like the small comparison of MJF revealing a new or his version of the belt, just like Brian did when he was healed with the Captain Planet WWE belt. Yeah, I, I don't. I think the the belt reveal was not the reaction that they were looking for mm. uh, in terms of that. Um, I still love as well that um, Daniel Bryan's character there is, it was referred to in WWE at the time and again here by Kid Phantom as the Captain Planet turn. Captain Planet was the good guy. <laughs> kind of, it's literally, his theme song was Captain Planet. He's a hero. But yeah. WWE can be like, this Captain Planet dude over here. I was like, yeah, the good guy. Let's be honest, Luke. 
No one likes someone who preaches all the time <laughs> about recycling and nonsense. <laughs> Uh, Charles Berg, I did in fact see it coming. Granted, I only realised it was coming about 30 seconds before it did, but that still counts. Killer line two, I have a lot to learn, but you made a deal with the devil. Also, lol, Uncle Mox fell down during his brawl. So my wife... <laughs> my wife thinks that John Moxie's the lamest dude. Mm, that's and, incorrect. Yeah, and she was like... I'm, she, every, she came to me was like, I'm sorry, do you think this guy's cool? I'm like, he is cool. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he's he's a really good wrestler. I was like, I'm not talking about his wrestling ability. He's just he looks a bit lame. And then he fell over. And I was like, oh, this is not helping my cause, is it? Because she was just laughing her tits. <laughs> and I was like, this isn't helping. He is still cool though. Brian Murkowski, can't believe I'm saying this, but I didn't like the MJF segment. Felt like Cody Jericho feud era promo instead of someone who went to war with his idol, but he's self-loathing out there. Beat the most dominant champ in AEW history. Zero fire. In fairness, though, like that Cody Jericho feud had some of Cody's best promo work. Mm. Uh, Jay Toomer, Menberg for two months. William Regal to WWE confirmed. Thanks for all your work. And I wrestle talk. I. That's my I heart wrestle. Oh, the, the, the emojis haven't yeah. come through. And finally for now, Danny G. Hi, guys. Sometimes I wonder whether wrestle talk is right for me anymore. Is it still fresh or is it getting a little formulaic? Then you give us Ollie in a hat. And I say, I'm sorry I doubted you. Hope Regal's not done, but fear he might be. Uh, and this one here from Bonesawbuck823 said, Finally got to check you guys out live since I started a new job at four in the morning and missed the show now. Dynamite was okay, but if Regal is leaving, I do like the possibility of Mox versus Danielson with a heel Mox saying, I'm glad he got crippled. Mm doing the I'm glad Roman got leukemia promo (laughs) poor guy can't catch a break (laughs) right let's get into this full AEW Dynamite review I really enjoyed the opening hour and the, the main event of this show like I thought it was excellent excellent programming at one point i was penciling in 95 percent for this episode but then the women you know oh because you hate the, them the women's division i love the women i love willow nightingale i thought she was excellent i thought but... the willow stuff was very very fun oh, but that jade gargill saying oh. over like a fart in a church oh, yeah and that yeah just sort of the, the, there were a few bits with the mjf segment as we'll go into while spectacular wasn't Fully what it, it needed. It wasn't 90% plus word. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it opened with John Moxley coming out, cutting a promo. Uh, you know, I'm the best wrestler in the world. Out of nowhere, Hangman Page's music hits. He gets in the ring, nose to nose with Moxley. And Moxley just goes, oh, uh, do you want to do this? Considering what happened last time. Referring to the horrible concussion Page suffered. And then said, oh, I'm sorry. Do you not remember... <laughs> bloody hell Mox and then they just had this awesome so pull cool. apart brawl uh, backstage emptied of security guards trying to keep them apart they continued to brawl after the ad break which I really like that's two segments on this show that had an ad break and it was still going on afterwards I like that pacing it yeah. doesn't make me feel like oh your 15 minutes are done now for the next thing it entwines everything throughout the episode I thought this was great. Yeah, I thought this was really awesome. I was reading back my notes here and I sort of forgot about, not forgot about the hangman page thing. You know when you read your notes and you think, well, I've written something else or that's I've written that to make me think of something mm. else. Because I've written pages back and you and I had that conversation earlier when I said, oh, I was thinking of leading today with the, ha- with the page stuff and you were like, 
it's not that great. And I was yeah. like, what? You thought the, the Paul Apart Brawl was awesome? Like, oh, I think it's all about Soraya. I was like, why do you want to cover Soraya getting an interview on Rampage? <laughs> I was like, that's going to be my lead thumbnail for the <laughs> podcast. Paige had to do a sit-down interview. And things I've written down pages back. I was like, why was I so excited that she was going to have a sit-down yeah, interview yeah, with yeah. Rampage? But no, I thought this was an awesome, awesome segment. I legit popped mm. when Hangman's music hit because I did not expect to see him back here. And, you know, the commentators were putting I was like, I don't know if he's cleared or not. Clearly he is. But, yeah, I thought it was rad. Even with Moxley falling over. Yeah. Still thought it was great. Yeah, because, I mean, he did fall over. They brought up the ramp and Moxley ran up the ramp and just obviously forgot where the ramp ended. He, and it, Commentator was even like, he was so into the fight. Yeah. He wasn't even looking at the stage. I was so into the fight. He got right back up and then he just continued on the brawl. I thought it added to the chaos, yeah, uh, if I'm too. honest. Uh, but what it really left me with is, I want Moxley as a heel now. Yeah, you ready for a heel? I don't know what else he can do. He's been a babyface the entire time, right? Uh, apart from when we thought we were going to get that heel run at Full Gear last year. Do you remember when he was in the tunnel and then he went to rehab instead? When yeah. he came back from rehab, there was, there was no, no way. way he was going to be a heel. So yeah, maybe now is the time to be doing this. I'm really pissed off Moxley, especially going up against a page. Although, poor lad. Like, when mm. is he going to get this holiday? Yeah. <laughs> I I, th I think there's a lot of mileage in Moxie as a heel now, and I think he's got the reason to do it. Usually you'd think, oh, MJF and Regal like, turned on him. That would make him a face. But if this just fuels his bitterness and he just becomes a mean bastard, I think that could be good. Yeah, go back to that violence. Um, Brian Danielson then took on Dax Harwood, a match that has no story going into it, but good grief. What a match. What a match it was. Of course, I mean, it's it's Dax Harwood versus Brian Danielson. It was one of those things like, you know, they advertised this on social media. I think they put it up on Rampage mm. as well, being like, first time ever, it's Harwood versus Danielson. It's a match designed to make fans go, well, fans like us, we go like, oh, I, I need to watch yeah. Dynamite so I can see that <laughs> match. And they did exactly what you wanted them to do. And slightly more, because the bits I really enjoyed in this is when they hit each other so hard that they both sort of fell into each other and both couldn't really stand up, but then just kept hitting each other even harder and making themselves fall down even more. Oh, it was great. In the opening few minutes, I think, Dax does this chop. And I think even Dax was surprised how long <laughs> it was. The whole crowd went, oh. <laughs> it was... And Brian Danielson went, Ooh. Yeah, I, I mean, he came down later, uh, a couple of segments later, to tend to Regal. You could see his whole chest was welted up. Yeah. But that is Danielson's way. He's like a few shades off Seamus, isn't he? Well, yeah, a fly goes past. <laughs> but yeah, this was a fantastic match. Hard hitting, back and forth, non-stop. It was just two guys trying to prove who is the tougher bloke. Yeah. And we saw Danielson, they did some pinfall exchanges uh, leading up into the finish with Danielson transitioning out of that pinfall sequence into <clears throat> the label lock for the tap out win. Afterwards, raised up Dak and they both had a big hug and everything. Um, have you seen Harwood's interview he did with Fightful? Oh yeah, I've, I've heard, I've read bits of it and I've seen one clip. Yeah, saying that their deals are up April mm. next year and they are currently weighing up their options. Do they stick with AEW? WWE have called and said they want them back. Or I think actually was interesting. They were like, we really like indie wrestling. So we might just not sign with any major company and just do an indie tour. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I love them. I love that one of my favorite teams ever. I don't trust anything they say. <laughs> <laughs> because like earlier in the year, just a couple of months ago, when they, it came out that 
their contracts might be expiring soon, mm. they they were like, oh no, we're with Tony forever. Don't worry about it. Or like, we're definitely with Tony until the end. And now they're now they're saying this. I think they say whatever they feel like at the time to get them headlines. I think they're also yeah, you know, and it's a smart game to play. Mm-hmm. You're essentially doing what MJF is doing in kayfabe, which is not so subtly, but not explicitly putting AEW and WWE against each other. Because if they want to work an indie schedule, I mean, look at their summer. That's all they've done. They've done all the indie dates. They've been on indie shows more than they have AEW. I'm sure you could arrange a deal with Khan to be like, wow, we just want to do four matches, four big programs a year with you, and we're indies all the rest of the time. Oh, that would require Tony to think of four big programs, though. He hasn't done that this year, has he? (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, This was a great match. You said there was the near falls uh, at the end, sort of the Randy Savage macho, not Randy Savage, Ricky Steamboat interchanges. I thought, well, Steamboat's just had that return match on Sunday. So you've got to think that's what, Dax and Danielson are playing. Oh, they're probably yeah, very much into watch. I mean, well, Dax was in the match. Yeah, yeah. Like, and I think Tony actually has said <laughs> recently. Tony said that he'd be quite open to having uh, Steamboat do a match in mm. AEW because, of course, he was. Um, th- probably be him versus Sting. Yeah, well, they'd probably get Flair. That's that's <laughs> when you bring in Flair. Finally, is it? Uh, at the end, Danielson. No, Dax looked annoyed. And went to storm off past Danielson, uh, ignoring the handshake, but then he turned around and hugged him. Yeah. Really nice moment. Well, you know, he's annoyed because he's a grumpy man and he just lost a wrestling match. So, of course, he's annoyed. Mm. But then he's like, nah, nah, I did get beat by the Batman. It's yeah. all fists, isn't it? Um, after that, we had Ricky Stark saying he's going to win the Diamond Battle Royal, which I think is a great story. I think he should. And then it's like he should win the the ring. And then it makes you believe that he could actually beat Max for the title. A little bit more. Yeah, we'll certainly see. Mm. Uh, then Mox and Hangman still fighting. A weird sit-down interview segment with Claudio Wheeler Utah and JAS with the purple hat. No Chris Jericho, he was in Australia. Yeah, so this segment here was to further the final battle stuff because that's happening in like nine days' time or mm. something, um, like a couple of weeks' time, because it's Claudio versus Jericho for the ROH Championship. If Cla- if Jericho wins, Claudio has to join JAS. They're doing some stuff around that. And also to set up Wheelie Utah versus Daniel Garcia for the Pure Championship. Um, but it was a very weird, weird segment made only weirder because i've just learned them it was like why aren't you angry about the yes. regal stuff like i know i know you've got some things to focus on here you might join jas i'm sure that's playing on your mind but aren't you a group like even in my world where i'm like well they're not really a faction they're a dojo even in that like you're still a dojo together like shouldn't you at least have a thought on what's going on jas kind of brought it up they said the blackpool combat club is crumbling I think, but I can't remember anyone ever saying Regal's name. Garcia has just totally regressed as a character. Oh, All that a, work so they did over the summer. So disappointing. Which I found back and forth anyway, mm-hmm. um, has totally been scuppered. So I feel like that's a bit of a waste. So I thought this was this was, uh, this was was bad. Um, we got Samoa Joe taking on AR Fox. AR Fox have recently signed. This felt like the Samoa Joe of old. Oh, didn't it just? Mm. Particularly because, and the camera caught it this time, AR Fox has a 450 spring to the outside. Joe just 
walks away from it. And then Joe does this all like, oh, good, oh, big 450, yeah, I'm so good. Fox had landed on his feet. Big setup to do the, the comedy heel sell. I thought it was wonderful. Yeah. And then later on, I was like, oh, I'm so glad that we got that walkaway spot. He only went and did it again. <laughs> he did it again. But it was so cool. Uh, muscle buster for the Joe win in five minutes. I that Excellent. Yeah, this this is this is Joe. Yeah, and he's got both belts: ROH title, uh, TNT title. Wardlow appeared on the Tron yeah. afterwards and cut a promo and said, "I'm coming for one of the belts. Coming for the TNT Championship. That's his belt. Yeah, yeah. You could have both. You could. Well, why would you want the ROH Television Championship? They don't have a television deal. Because Joe has it, and you're feuding with the guy." Yeah, but I'm gonna take both your belts off you. TNT Championship. That's one that Wardlow wants. It's Wardlow's world. It's Wardlow's world, which I, there's probably room for two belts. Well, no, right? Wardlow's world only has one television channel, uh, ah. and and that's already got Wardlow's world airing on it. So, you know, you can't have two TV two TV championships on a one network station. What will it take for him to stop saying <laughs> Wardlow's world? I thought he had. I thought. There's a like a handful of weeks where he hadn't done it. Mm. And I was like, oh, they've, they've realized it. Thank God. Thank, oh, it really was. Thank Crom. They've stopped doing this. And then he said it last week, and I was like, oh no. <laughs> was it was it the belt that was making you stop doing it? Because now you've lost the belt, you have to do it again. Oh no. But he's doing it again. Obviously, we like Wardlow. <laughs> um, but you know, appearing on the Tron, saying Wardlow's world. How great Samoa Joe is! Samoa Joe being like, "I'm the self-proclaimed king of television." Mm. I was like, "That's a well better catchphrase yeah. than Wardlow's world." Joe Town, <laughs> I'm the mayor of Joe Town. Yeah, just party time, excellent. So, well, it'd be a good match, but I thought Wardlow's presentation wasn't great here for him. Uh, we got a book of Hobbs vignette, which was pretty much just powerhouse Hobbs going to the shops. Yeah, and then we await the next installing inst- chapter, enth- enthralling chapter. I like that they're doing the character work vignettes for mid-card people. You need to give me more than <laughs> one scene. This felt like the Alexa Bliss psych- <laughs> psychiatrist things, he where they just cut a, it halfway he through. He walked past a bunch of guys, they looked a bit scared of him, yeah. and then he went to the shops. That does not make me excited to see what happens next. Are you not excited to see what he buys? <laughs> What else on his grocery list for that week? A couple of Rizla, mate, and a lighter. Do you reckon he's got to get some Panini stickers to finish up that album? Got to do it before the World Cup ends. I bet you he's one of those people that would buy like a whole box yeah. rather than buying individual packs. Uh, thankfully, Taz returned with his analytical breakdown of certain moves. It was a hooks. I can't remember what it was, but it was like... It's the six, Red Run. Yeah, it was transitioning between various bits. Yeah. That was great. Then we got the MJF promo. So we talked about the William Regal angle to this. <clears throat> And somewhat of the feuty setup afterwards. But yeah, a new world championship design. Burberry on the leather strap. Indeed, yeah. So this did not get a, a great reaction from the crowd. I think the Burberry needs to be more overt. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you're just there in the audience, what you saw. Because even me watching on TV thought, that looks exactly the same as the belt that he just threw on the floor. And it was only until they did the, the close-up yeah. with the belt. I was like, oh, I always got a Burberry strap. And then Tony Schiavone's being like, that's disgusting. I was like, okay, cool. At least I know that I, the audience, am supposed to think that this looks rubbish. But the crowd just looked, it was like, that's the same belt, mate. I don't think you should do this. But <laughs> I wouldn't have done it either. But legally, could you 
put a very WWE style so, belt, but it's Miz style the other way around, and it's an M. So I said this in the office earlier. My worry was it was going to look like the WWE Championship mm. design, and you and Ten Business Bureau were like, "Oh, that'd be really cool." And I was like, "No, it would have been really bad because." All it would have done is just made people online be like, just copying WWE, just copying WWE, and this and the other, and it just ang- it just sort of like fires up that troll fan base mm. that like doesn't need any more amplifying. I, but having said that, at least would have got a reaction, whereas this one really didn't. Yeah, it was partly bad crowd, but also MJF. This was MJF's fantastic, one of yeah. the best talkers, and he still made this engaging despite it being seventeen minutes. A lot of it was housekeeping. So he, he in this, he had to explain his and Regal's deal. He introduced a new belt. He sort of set up the direction of three feuds to come off the back of this. He wrapped up the firm stuff, which honestly, I'm not exaggerating, was him going, ah, but who cares? And he then turned on Regal. That for me, that's three segments. At least the belt, I think you should have saved for two weeks and you do that because that's that that could be a strong enough thing by its own in a five, ten minute slot. And this could then have been five, ten minutes. I suppose you just had to do a lot before winter is coming because that's in two weeks time when he's got his title match with Ricky and he wasn't on last week's show because mm-hmm. he was doing the film. So probably had to do some of the stuff you would have done last week in this segment here as well so that kind of you know two weeks worth of stuff but even then they still crammed a lot of stuff within this why do you need to unveil the belt i get why you need to do regal because he's going back to wwe but the belt stuff you could have done after winter is coming very it's just he wanted to do it right off the bat he did say that you know he he did keep talking about like i'm above this belt mm. i'm much bigger than this belt is so i need a belt that is befitting of me if you're going to have that attitude you need to do that kind of right off the bat i guess he also said, uh, Jolly Ain't Old Sent Nick for Nick Khan, and he referenced the game trips, his buddy. So playing up that. The contract war of 2024, yeah. Which is is awkward. Look, when Max cut this promo back before the summer after Double or Nothing, and he started doing the WWE stuff, and he really did frame AEW as the. I feel like AEW came off as as a heel and he came off as a badass tweener in that whole thing. That feeling hasn't gone away even though MJF is doing everything he can to be a heel. I, I would disagree on that. Mm. Like I think the tables have turned since. I agree with like earlier when he did the whole fire me promo, he was the babyface and Tony Khan was the heel. I think now MJF has made himself unequivocally the heel in this and WWE is the heel in this and AEW is the babyface company. I, just, I, I think they have done uh, they have done enough to turn the tables on that. I think it well, even if you think it will turn the tables, I personally don't think it has. I think just the way the, trage- the trajectory is at the moment, and if Regal is going back to WWE, it's gonna like WWE are gonna put him on TV and be quite flagrant with it. So it's just yeah. gonna it's not gonna paint a. It's hard to do this storyline without making AEW seem second rate to WWE. We live through this with TNA. And that the, while I love the story, I love the idea of it. I just think it's got this consequence that you can't avoid. It's only it's the baddie saying it though. And it's the heel that is saying it. It's not like you've got your top babyface champion saying, 
I'm going to go to WWE. WWE is the big company to go to. It is your top heel saying this company stinks. It's like, you know, the Dan Lambert programs. Mm. Uh, so I, I totally get what you're saying. There is a certain, like, there is a ceiling to this to go beyond. And I think the problem that you've got, though, is that it's a whole year. Like, this storyline is not going to get really cooking until November, December time next year when you really are at the end of 2023 and 2024 is just around the corner. At this point, it's just a lot of talk and lip service. Mm. So I get what you're saying. It's, I don't know how much longer you can keep this going for before it starts to become stale. That's more my worry. Mm. Um, but I don't think in any of this, AEW will feel like the heel because the AEW audience is into AEW and have planted their flags for them as they have, apart from, you know, unopposed to WWE. Maybe they won't feel like the heel, but they might feel second rate. I don't think this is going to feel as second rate, if only because like the, the thing with TNA is that WWE never acknowledged that TNA were doing what they were doing, but WWE are signing AEW talent. So there at least does feel like a, like WWE are actively trying to take away talent from from AEW. I don't know. WWE brought back Bret Hart on the same night that's that TNA slightly relaunched. Different. That's only because TNA had Hogan. I'm talking more about like when uh, Road Dog and Billy Gunn were calling out oh, Triple yeah. H and Sean and being like, we're going to fight you at the Alamo. <laughs> and then they didn't show up. Or, you know, they challenged Vince to show up at a TNA pay-per-view, which Dixie legit thought he was going oh to God. do. That is second rate. Mm. Like, that's <laughs> really carny second rate stuff. This is just a character on TV being a dick saying, I think the other company is better because it riles up this company's fan base. It's a, we can both agree though, that is a, a difficult balance to navigate. 100% it is. Uh, after this segment, we then had Ricky Starks versus Ari Davari. And it was just a squash match to get Ricky over, build him, great, checkbox ticked. They also had to balance Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway coming out to say, actually, I'm going to ring the win the diamond ring. And Matt Hardy also ran out. Yeah, I forgot about the Matt Hardy in the firm thing. It was because the firm bought him off of they won the family. Him. Oh my god! They won him on uh, on Dark or something. Um, either way, his services are with. I think Jeff's coming back next week. Why? Because Matt's back on TV. Like one uh, doesn't necessarily. He's not a silver what surfer. What do you mean? <laughs> He is. He's ice cold. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll I, I, I really have a feeling that Jeff's back next week, and that's why Matt was on TV this week because Jeff's going to come back, or Jeff's back very soon, mm. so that they can he can win back uh, Matt's contract from the firm. I just thought this could have been shuffled around in the episode a bit neater. So if you have this Ricky Starks Davari match before um, the MJF promo. And Ricky wins, and then he cuts the promo in the ring, saying, I'm going to win the Diamond Battle Royal as well. I'm coming for everything, Max. Then Ethan Page jumps in from behind, takes out Ricky, and is like, no, actually, I'm going to win it. Perfect. Because then, when MJF mentions Ricky Starks in the promo, it's like, oh, but where's... Ricky should come out now. Eddie Kingston yeah. wasn't there. Danielson was had just had a match so i feel like they said he was in the trains right yeah moxley and page were ejected from the arena which allowed regal to come in there was a lot of work done to explain why people 
weren't interrupting Max in this 17-minute segment. But not enough was done for his next challenger, Ricky Starks. I would agree with that. Uh, after that, it's the women's quarter hour. Uh, Britt and... So, I wrote in my review. Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter did an interview segment about an interview segment to set up an interview segment. Yeah, that's right. That's what happened. <laughs> Anna JAS took on Willow Nightingale. Uh, fun match, mostly because of Willow Nightingale. Yeah, crowd are in, really into Willow. Uh, I, I'm staking my, uh, my flag in the ground. She should be the person to dethrone Jade Cargill. I think so, too. Um, she won, which is good, building that momentum. A lot, lot of matches on this show that were just about, let's give this person a win to build them up. Yeah. Brilliant. Because you, you have those matches, you have the in-ring segments, two great in-ring segments. Well, one great in-ring segment and a busy one. And two fantastic matches. Yeah, pretty good. So uh, Ruby Soho then returned to beat up Ty Mello. Yeah, cool. Glad to see. And she's from a town that's very close to the building. So good hometown pop for her coming back. QT Marshall challenged Orange Cassidy for the All-Atlantic title. He was making a big song and dance about it. But Cassidy was just like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Yeah. He's like, well, well I'm going to it'll be a lumberjack match. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then we had comfortably the worst thing on the show with the MGF stuff. I think you could argue that it was actually very good and did a lot of work. This is bad. This is the baddies bad. Okay, Cargill's a very good promo. She does not flub any of her lines. She delivers them with conviction. I don't think anyone cares about Lil Bow Wow. Hmm. Or, unfortunately, the baddies. She at one point said, camera crew show the baddies. And I'm like, they're in the ring with you. I've already yeah, seen yeah. them. And then they showed some other baddies. I was like, well, so who are these baddies? Yeah. And then she was like, I'm the only star here. And then Lil Bow Wow shows up to no reaction because no one knows who Lil Bow Wow <laughs> is. And then she's like, cool, I'll see you soon. And the segment ended. But like Lil Bow Wow's thing. Am I am I right in thinking this? I'm not I'm not that in touch with current day pop culture. Yeah. Um Lil Bow Wow was popular like 20 plus years ago, right? Well, you know, we're not Americans. So sometimes we say things he, about people we haven't heard from in, but, in decades. I, I, but I'm just, I just want to double check. He's the Bow Wow Wow, Yippee Yo, Yippee Yay, Where's My Dogs At, Bark With Me Now. Is that him? I think so. Uh, there's, there's, because he's, li he's little. We know him as little because yeah. he came about as what looks like a 14 year old boy there. That, and that song came out when I was at school. Yes. Is that, so that's the same guy, right? Yes, I'm pretty sure. I'm just saying that he's he's not... Apparently, people are saying that, like, you know, people do know who he is. Well, on his Wikipedia page, you have uh, 2001, an album release. 2002, this an is, album release. This is when I was at school. 2003 yeah, yeah. to 2006, they grouped together some album releases on the Wikipedia page. Then 2007 to 2009, some more albums grouped together. Then 2010 to present. <laughs> so he has done nothing that Wikipedia defines as worthy of its own subheading for 12 years. Yeah. Well, do you know what? Maybe he'll have a new one of All Elite Wrestling 2022 to present. Because then he said that he's going to be back soon. But regardless of we, you know, we should also precipice as well. In the UK, he has got no foothold here whatsoever. No, no. 
No, he has not been culturally relevant in this country for 20 plus years. Yeah, I guess maybe. Um, you know, tw 2001, you said the album's out. So that is 20 Only plus one breakout hit. One, one song. He was a one hit wonder mm. uh, in this country. So that is by the by. What's more my problem is that this was mic'd so poorly and it was played out over what sounded like a mobile phone. <laughs> and so it was just Bow Wow going like, I'm writing my notes. I was like, well, I, I think he said he'll see her soon. And then the segment ended and Jay Cargill stood in the room and was like, and then Jay Cargill's music played and then they all left. I don't understand why AEW are so hot on this idea. Because I think AEW actually have a fantastic track record with celebrity angles. Look at Jay and Silent Bob. Ke Kevin Smith. Shaq. Uh, 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 Rosario Dawson. She was part of the Nightmare Factory. That was awesome. She was part of the Nightmare Factory. Oh, there was a more recent one. Mm. There was the lad with Swerve and Our Glory. who was, Rick Ross. Yeah, who was awesome. It was amazing. Accusation. Yeah, that yeah, guy. I think he's like a genuine big star working today. As far as I know. Yeah. But Lil Bow Wow, yeah, don't get it. Uh, we go backstage and we've got the acclaimed doing a really fun faux military drill from Daddy Ass. And he's like, what are you going to do? And they're like, we're going to do this, sir. I should say Daddy Ass. It was very funny. Essentially, they're setting up. They will appear on Rampage. Yeah. Uh, my wife does not get it. Okay. Well, <laughs> it seems like neither does Dave Meltzer because... <laughs> Um, you know, we say this with all love because we love Dave Meltzer here on the WrestleTalk podcast. When Brian Alvarez was running through this segment, Meltzer said, yeah, and they were pretending to be robots. <laughs> and Alvarez went, no, 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 they, it was military. <laughs> I, I went back and watched. <laughs> I went back and watched the segment. And I thought, yeah, that, I guess. <laughs> I guess <laughs> they were very robotic. But like they were very obvious, <laughs> obvious full metal jacket lineup, you know, yeah, sort of is... promo style. I just love the idea. <laughs> thought they were. How confused must he have been? Right, never starts being like, and they claimed we're robots this week. I guess they're a wacky act. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the main event was absolutely extraordinary: Death Triangle versus the Elite in the third match of the Best of Seven series. Can't believe someone in the chat just called us boomers. Really? Yeah. We're millennials, I'll have yeah, you. How, dare how bloody you. dare you? Um, this was an absolutely fantastic match. It is, I don't feel like I'm watching a best of seven. I feel like I'm watching one massive match. Yeah, that's the brilliance of it, oh. right? It's a best of seven falls match that's just been <laughs> broken up into seven different episodes. This was so, so good. And when it was announced, so, you know, randomly. Oh, by the way, this is best of seven. I was like, oh, okay, well, that would be great because the quality of people in the ring. But I had reservations. I was like, oh, God, I, how are you going to make this work and try and do something new every week? And, you know, the pay-per-view was amazing. Last week was amazing. Like, part of me thinks this is even better. Actually, last week had the punk fun stuff. But actually, I think the in-ring work here was just insane. And I, when it said, oh, the next one won't be for two weeks, I was genuinely like, oh, no, yeah. I wanted this again next week. It's great, right? And like, it's you're right as well, because this is the first match that hasn't had, you know, when they came back at full gear, it was the return match. Mm. Then last week's one was all the Chicago stuff. So this is like the first just straight match that the two have had that haven't had like just bells and whistles mm. bounding around it. 
And that made it feel very different. And they knew that was going to feel different. So they structured this match completely differently to the other two, where the first half of it was a brawl outside the ring with the bell not even ringing. They were just doing crazy stuff off the, the ramps and stuff. Hmm. I thought it was a really, really cool <laughs> match. That also furthered on some storylines. Penta tried to use the hammer, but Phoenix stopped him. And then it was Phoenix that was taken out of the match. But the finish, I thought, was awesome. Insane. Such a cool finish, which is that they were like beating on Kenny and beating on Kenny and beating on Kenny. And eventually, Pac goes up to hit the black arrow on Matt Jackson. And Matt Jackson gets the knees up into Pac's face. And Max, Pac's got the protective eye, face, uh, eye mask on at the moment. And he just crumples crumples to the floor matt rolls him up nick and matt's reaction to it was a real like oh wow we won because they're two nil down so they were like whoa we won this one that's really good and they were like actually quite surprised that they won i thought it was really cool i love when matches do callbacks to previous matches you know omega okada is based on that whole thing where it's just all all smart references, Easter eggs and things like that. But typically when you do those, those matches are spread out by at least a month because it goes from pay-per-view to pay-per-view. What we've got here is seeing a weekly episodic version of the same match and they can riff off stuff that I just saw. So you do get a sense of increasing counters. It makes sense as this series goes on. All the offense will be scouted as both teams become more familiar with each other. So to win on a counter because someone was injured previously is, I cannot overstate how fantastic that is as a detail. Yeah, I, I thought it was really, really good. And I think I will say this um, probably in every elite match that we have in this best of seven mm -hmm. series because i said this on the full gear live reactions as well but just imagine thinking kenny omega is a bad wrestler <laughs> imagine hey, having now to work imagine thinking that um well shall we get on with the rest oh overall i gave it 85 percent. so that's a four and a, a 4.5 out of five right a little bit higher a little bit higher yeah uh i oh no wait eight percent for 4.25? Yeah, say like, yeah, four, four, four out of five. But that was the old sort of average. Yeah. But if, if there wasn't that weak half hour in the second hour, this would be 95% easy. Yeah. I thought, again, I would have also given it four out of four. Four out of five, rather. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it feels like the last two weeks of AEW has been back to the quality of what I remember as the good yeah. days. Let's get into the remaining chats. Please send them over to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. Last uh, call for those. Jack Merritt won. Getting this in early for the AEW review. Can anyone explain what's going on between Jade and this Mr. Bow Wow fella? Everything in AEW is great at the minute, except for this. I haven't a nothing clue what's happening. Yeah, I think if you're following Jade Cargill on social media, or, or Lil Bow Wow for that mm. matter you'll probably be quite up to date with this story. As I do neither, uh, I, I'm slightly lost. I don't think it would be good even if you did follow it. Oh, yeah. Because I just think it, it's objectively bad performance that's not getting over. 
Don't mind me, I'm at work, says, why is Hangman going after Mox when he should channel that energy and go after Ten and Roosh like frickin' Terminator? They made Negative One cry. Uneven show, but at least it was a lot of fun in parts. Why is Hangman going after Mox? Did, did we, we all forgot what ha- to happen to him yeah. in the Mox match. He, he nearly ended his career, you could argue. Uh, and the Dark Order, <laughs> it's just a name now. Card Hitman 89, I'm back with my yearly report. Last night was a wonderful evening of amazing wrestling. Dax and Danielson had the match of the night. Ooh. What would you put a match of the night? I'd probably give it to the trios. Yeah. Tough, though. It is tough. I'm not into the, honestly, I'm not into the Young Bucks, but still a fun performance. Just sad no one went through the cake. Did see a lot of people in the chat there being like, there was a a cake there that did not get used. I'm just Marcus, says, my only problem with the MJF segment was Regal's motivation for turning on Mox and the Blackpool Combat Club is because he felt like it. Max was always going to turn on Regal. Yeah, that's pretty much what I think. Well, I mean, Danielson did also give the reasoning last week, which is, yeah, this is what he does. But this is also why we love him. I don't think that's good enough for me. Yeah, well, I think that's fair. Also, so happy to see Hangman Page back. Him versus Mox lights out at Revolution. Or like, you know, on the January 1st show, New Year's Smash or something. Mm. York Master 53. Moxie can't go on vacation because Renee is now employed. He has to wait for her vacation time to kick in in under 90 days. Or was it a case of that Regal was going to leave? They were like, well, someone's leaving. So (laughs) (laughs) call the Mox phone. Jimby Nimbus on the name says getting big Jamiroquai <laughs> vibes from Ollie's hat love it thought it was a 4 out of 5 show few hiccups but I appreciate having multiple women's storylines and seeing favourites like Ricky and Ethan get real TV time wow that is a low barometer for real TV time because Ethan was on there for about 30 seconds yeah well hey it's better than being on Dark Elevation that's a good point or Rampage and yeah you have got it's actually quite JK like isn't it get some like travelators mm. so you can do some dancing around in here don't mind me, I'm at work again, says, when MJF said he had a new belt, I had Nam flashbacks to the spinner belts of yesteryear. Now that is what would get some heel heat. God, imagine if he just spanned the middle. In fact, why hasn't Jericho done that yet? Money left on the table. Hashtag hat that hat. I'll tell you why Jericho hasn't done that yet. Because he has a really good concept for uh, a faction based on sports entertainment, but hasn't done it. He just hasn't done the sports entertainment gimmick. But he keeps on telling everyone that that's what he's doing. Well, it's cheap heel here, isn't it? <laughs> Such a good idea. Uh, Ra- Ra- Ramia1707 says, MJF alluding to going on a part-time schedule as champion. Typical MJF ripping off that Rio when she was reigning as champion. For real, though, I can't wait for William Regal to get that bag for yelling, War Games, once a year. Yeah, it's going to pick up a nice paycheck. Just to hang around and every year, come out in every November and just say, War Games. He'll do loads of backstage scouting work. And now oh, yeah. I mean, he'll be busy out. elsewhere, but TV time. OGP, yeah, you know me, says, Wow, wasn't expecting Regal to leave, but respect the respect he's getting if he was granted his release. I like, well, according to Sean Ross Sapp. His contract's up. It's contract's up anyway. I liked most of this episode. Very fun. Excellent main event. Excited not only for next week and winter is coming, but also Rampage. Keith and Swerve on Friday. Yeah, so they're going to have a announcement oh, are, they? are they still together i i must have missed that uh anthony brewer nice hat ollie it's very sports entertaining uh and emery alexander says i'm mostly an audio only listener and wrestletalk podcast was my number one podcast in spotify wrapped thanks for spending five thousand six hundred and ninety nine minutes with me 
in the past year. Well, thank you, Emery. Just Alexander. see how many hours that is. So divide by 60. So, hold on. I have to put my belt down while I type. Two secs. Uh, five, six, nine, nine divided by 60. 94.9 hours. 95 hours? Yeah. That's, well, pretty much four solid days, day and night, nonstop. Yeah. Thank you very much, Emery. Thank you so, so much. Thank you to everyone as well who has gotten in touch with us on social media, posting up their Spotify wraps, showing that we were among their most played, in some cases, the most played podcast that they have on Spotify. My number one answer for the year was The Beatles. Ah, good band. New band. Yeah, absolutely. Followed by... No more. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we just have one last one from OGP. Yeah, you know me. Side note, I blame Ollie for Professor Dan no longer being on Raw. Let Luke have some NRB time, Ollie. Professor Dan and Pete for Raw Reviews, DAD for Board Game Club. JK, we know it's not that simple. Keep up the good work, fellas. Jam that jam. Jam that jam. Sure, Professor Dan will be around somehow, somewhere else. Uh, he, he's not. He was on Quizzlemania last night, in fact. Can't get rid of him. I, I watched the football with him on Tuesday. Yeah, he was on... He, me and him will be doing Cineworld tomorrow. He's coming to our Christmas party next Friday. <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for joining us here today. Please do press subscribe, leave a comment down below, share the video around, all that lovely stuff. For now, I've been Ollie Davis. That's been Luke Owen, D-A-D-J-T-J. Jam that jam. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 